<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Thursday, April 4th on The CW, don't miss the premiere of the highly anticipated new series, In the Dark. In the Dark is from executive producer Ben Stiller and the director of The Big Sick. This is the story of Murphy Mason, a sardonic, sexually promiscuous, hard-drinking, young, blind woman. For Murphy, the big problem with being blind is that you can only judge people by their personalities. Murphy has two friends, Jess, her unflinchingly devoted roommate, and Tyson, a drug-dealing teenager. When she's not at work, barely holding down the job, she hates Murphy can be found drinking at her favorite bar and bringing men home from it. Murphy's drunken hot mess of a life is about to take a turn for the worse when Tyson suddenly turns up dead. You guys, when the police can't seem to be bothered with investigating, Murphy vows to figure out what happened to her friend. She begins heading down a dark path, asking questions that may get her into serious trouble. Equal parts hilarious, heartfelt, and suspenseful from the perspective of someone who's totally in the dark. In the Dark premieres Thursday, April 4th, only on The CW. Vanderpump Rules to Vegas and everywhere in between, it's time to party with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. What's up, guys? So I have a really cool guest today. If you are one of the million people who follow him on Instagram, you know how amazing he is. His name is Ed Milet, and he's one of the most motivating people I have followed and ever met. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, and yeah. thank you for those nice words. Of course. So um, my listeners have heard us mention you before when um, my friend Raul was here and we did a podcast. We had talked about our amazing trip back from Super Bowl on your amazing jet. Yeah. You got the point two two on that trip, I think, if we're allowed to I, say I that. I did, yeah. yes. <laughs> Teddy and I had a couple bottles of Vuv and <laughs> some vodka shots, and we're like, breathalyzer, like, let's see who can get the highest. I don't know why that was the goal of the day. I've never seen somebody do that before. First, I don't know anybody who carries a breathalyzer with them. Yeah. But then secondly, I've never seen somebody compete <laughs> to get the number as high as they could, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm like, I always say, I'm like, this isn't because I have a DUI. This is so I don't get a DUI because smart. I'm a small person. So like, literally, if I have one and a half drinks i'm usually over the legal limit that's true who won by the way i don't even remember um i won teddy was i think point two and i was 
Congratulations. That's <laughs> Thanks. awesome. <laughs> so what my friends and I do now, we have this game where Janet has one as well. Okay. And um, we will, at the table, see who's the most sober. And whoever's the most sober, who obviously isn't driving, has to buy the next round. I like that. Yeah. I may use that. Yeah. So it's I kind know, of. I think when we met, you thought I was drunk because I was like, hey. Why don't you, fl- you, you need a lift back. I think you thought I literally meant like an Uber or a lift. That's what I thought you meant like back yeah. to the hotel. You're like, yeah, if you need a ride back. And I was like, oh, I'm, I, th- I think I'm good, but thanks. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, yo, well, you know, we have the plane here, like back yeah. to LA. I was like, oh, that kind of ride. <laughs> I remember your face Yeah, I'll, you um, I'll cancel my Delta flight. Thank you. <laughs> That was good time. Yes. No, that was the nicest plane I've ever been on. Thank I mean, you. the fact that it has a bedroom and those furry blankets, I was just like, yeah. I wanted that flight to never end. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. It was amazing. So oh, cool. thank you again oh, for an amazing experience. My pleasure. Um, all right. So, yes, obviously, that's how we met at yeah. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, in the first five minutes, it was like, hey, do you need a ride? And I was like, <laughs> he must think I'm a good person because I don't think you just offer – a jet ride for six hours to anyone. No, and so for the special. record, you were with Raul, so it was like yeah. I kind of assumed I was inv- at the time. I thought I was inviting a couple to come back as yeah, well. Yeah, no. And it was also that you were friends with Teddy. <laughs> Teddy and Edwin are really great right. friends of ours, and so I was like, yeah. "You're welcome to join us." So. Totally. Yeah. But um, no, just just friends with that one. Yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to bring up, I was watching your Insta story. It was either yesterday or the day before, and you were talking about how there's no good music anymore. Mm. And I'm like an old soul when it comes to music, like Mm. classic rock. Mm -hmm. Like I have my like 70s, 80s playlist on my phone. So like all of that is what I grew up listening to. And you're right. There's nothing like that anymore. There isn't that much. Like I I was sounding like an old man because I am one, but I was like, I was lamenting the fact that there's not bands that play. So like there's like, there's good live bands. I like Kings of on there's groups yeah. like that and i like you know I'm imagine dragons is really good live really good live and i and i even like other music i like post malone i like a lot of stuff right yeah. now but there's just not that many like there used to be that like the play. rock stars yeah like jagger like great exactly. leads or bono like these guys are getting really old you know i'm yeah. like who's the next one so there's just not that many i know my mom and i saw elton john about a month ago and it was his last tour and it's just like Ooh. just such an icon like yeah. it was just amazing and we were so close i got us really good seats i was like this is his last tour like we are going all out it's so funny you take your mom to elton john my mom's like john bon jovi it's just the weirdest concerts i find myself yeah. with, with my mom but i know? also take my mom to imagine dragons That's so and cool. like she loves and she also like loves all that like alternative like coachella music which i'm not super into mm-hmm. but my dad and i it's like Pink Floyd, yeah. and like I love Queen, and yeah. what about ACDC? I went love to see, ACDC. I, I was thinking to myself, here's how I know I'm old. My probably my favorite band is ACDC, and I'm uh-huh. like, okay, the lead singer can't sing anymore because he's deaf. Right? <laughs> like, another dude's got Alzheimer's. Yeah, I think one of them killed somebody. Oh it's my like, god! <laughs> these bands I love are getting it's older. It's so and older. crazy. <laughs> did you go to Desert Trip a few years ago? Yes. It did. Wasn't that? Oh my god! It was epic. It was epic. Yeah, and where I lived, I could actually walk to that place from where I lived, so it was really cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That awesome. yeah. yeah. I love that you love music because I, I love music. I do. Like, yeah. I am obsessed with music. And, like, I mean, I dabble myself a little. Like, I have you my do? little pop star side job. But oh. I can't sing. I can <laughs> record help. and sound okay. Sure. But I'm just, like, I love music so much. I wish I could, like, me genuinely too. sing. Me too. I have no voice. I have a decent speaking voice, but you don't want to hear me sing. Yeah, I don't even think I have that. I think my speaking voice is very annoying. I don't know why Podcast One gave me a job, but they did. I so. actually think you have a speaking <laughs> voice that would make me think you could sing. It's kind of... Raspy. Really? Yeah, I would think like 
like there's a little Stevie Nicks in there yeah. or something, but there isn't evidently. Well, thanks. It's just like it, the voice kind of breaks. Like I'll hit a note and then it's just silence mm. and then it'll come back in. So. Yeah, that's no bueno. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> my voice is very distinct. That's one thing is yep. I'll get recognized a lot of the time, like in like line, if I'm talking to someone, they're like, mm. I knew it was you. I recognized your voice. I get that too. With yeah. My voice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a beautiful voice, I think. Well, thanks. <laughs> so um, I know this, but just for my listeners, those who don't follow you, tell me about how you got started with motivational speaking. Um, wow. Uh, well, probably the speaking part of it started because I had a, a business. I had a financial services business I still have to this day that was very big. And I'd bring the, uh, we'd have these large conventions. And um, Tony Robbins, who mm-hmm. some of your folks would probably know, one Definitely. of the great motivational speakers of all times, one of my very good friends. And uh, a couple of these guys saw me speak the first time on the stage, big companies with kind of CEOs in there. And and it was my biggest fear was getting on stage and speaking like I'm super introverted, very quiet. You saw even when I walked in here, I'm kind of, I'm not socially awkward, but I am really, I, I, people say, well, you're not by nature introvert. I'm by nature introvert. I like being alone. I love driving out here. I was alone in the car. I just talked to yeah. myself, you know? And so it was a huge fear of mine. And then the first time I did it, someone like him and some others are like, hey, this is a gift that you have. Like, that's not normal what you just did. And then that started where the CEO's like, hey, you're good. Come speak to my company. And then I went to another one. And then someone said, you know, you should charge people for this stuff. And yeah. It kind of grew into meeting these different athletes and entertainers who are like, can you help me with my life? Can you help me with your, my business? Can you help me with my mindset? Can you help me, you know, program my mind as a quarterback to find the open receiver? And it's kind of moved into life wow. and business strategy and all these other things that ended up being with the mind and processing and becoming more successful and then peak performance. And so it just evolved into this bananas thing the last 20 years or so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's incredible. And yeah. I love watching your stories. I've got my mom on board. She watches your stories every day. Thank you. And there are so many topics that I want to get into. Sure. Um, first one, I want to know, what is your take? You have two kids in high school. Mm-hmm. What is your take on the whole college scandal going on right now yeah i'm really bothered by it um and i i'm that's such a great question i've only been asked that one other time i'm bothered by it because it's um more and more we're divided in the world today right you know it's rich against poor it's democrat against republican it's it's this is split in society where the truth is the media would have you convinced that we're all at each other's throats but the truth is most people love one another, want to help one another, want to collaborate, want to win. And stories like this separate us. Mm-hmm. And so I, my kids are, I've gone out of my way. My kids have been blessed to live in some affluence, which I wasn't raised with, right? And my wife and I have gone out of our way to try to keep their upbringing as normal as they can. They've got to pay for their own things. Like my son, you know, has different businesses. He he doesn't even think college is going to be paid for. I'm like, you better get an academic or a golf scholarship because yeah. I don't know where that's going to come from. So it's everything I don't believe you should do. And the biggest problem with it is not just that they cheated other people and that there were kids that did not get into those schools because these people cheated. You know, what really got cheated was their actual child. Mm-hmm. their kid got cheated out of actually earning something in their life. Like they've set these children up for failure in life. The more you give somebody things they've not earned early on in their lives, the more they lose the ability to earn those things or the desire to do it. So every single person lost here. And then on top of that, I've got some real issues lately. There's a debate in my house. I had Rob Deerdick on my show <laughs> um, and he didn't go to college. I did go to college and he ended up debating th- with this with me. Like I'm not even so sure that, I believe that going to college is right for everybody anymore. I'm not even so sure that, you know, if you're going to be a doctor or an attorney or something like that, maybe it's something you got to go get an advanced degree. But I'm not sure there aren't more and more people. And I'm not 100% sure I believe this, but I'm becoming more and more convinced 
that that whole system may possibly be corrupt. Yeah. That the whole system of the money it costs to go there, the debt these these kids leave with, um, the fact that wage growth hasn't changed in like 25 years. So you got 200 grand in debt and you're going to get a $50,000 a year job, right? Right. And so I'm not so sure the whole thing's not a bit of a scam in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So. I did go to college. I got my degree in mm-hmm. broadcast journalism. So, I mean, I'm technically that's using my, that now. By the way, mine's in broadcast journalism, really? too. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. See, so we're in the right field of work. Yep, that's right. But my sister did not go to college, and she has her dream job right now, and she's 21 years old. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not for everyone, mm-hmm. but... More and more, I think people are waking up to that fact. And I think the biggest reason is the debt. Yeah. It's the debt when they leave. I mean, do you imagine what you would have to actually make over your lifetime just to pay off that debt to get back to zero, right? Uh-huh. And then and then you could also argue, and I don't mean this critically, I have a lot of college professor friends and I have a lot of people who follow me or are teachers in school uh, and professors as well, so I don't mean this in a condescending way, but you know, not everybody that's teaching you at these schools have actually accomplished a whole lot. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be at that school teaching for a salary. Right. And so I don't mean that critically, but like, are you really getting the best advice, the best coaching, the best information? I'm not so sure you're even getting that in the first place. Having said that, my son's got like a four or five GPA. He just took the SATs. And it's like, as, mu- as much as I talk this smack, I'm yeah. like, what college is he going to get into? Right. You know, I want him to get into a good school. So I still have that old school thinking. But I bet you in 10 or 15 years, I bet you that it will be far less normal to go to college than it is now. That'd be yeah. my prediction. I agree. I think yeah. it's already going in that direction. So do I. I do too. Especially just with, you know, like social media and just like all, like, it's like, I feel like people now, like, are in high school and it's like they want to grow up to be a social media influencer. <laughs> like, you don't need to go to college to gain some followers it's like the way the world is going it's just like you i mean these influencers are getting paid millions of dollars to do youtube videos and to post fit tea and it's like isn't it unbelievable it's crazy i think the other thing too is that what's changed is and this is just something to think about if you're a young person listen to this like information's available nowadays it used to be you'd have to go to a college to get these secrets they had in these books now with google and the access to information we're like you can learn a lot of things on your own and get access to info but that also changes the marketplace and the and the workplace too. And so the whole idea of that structure is sort of bizarre. And I think the other thing that social media has done that's just great, and I hope it happens from my social media, is I think more and more young people don't want a job. Mm-hmm. In other words, they want to be entrepreneurs. Maybe it's not just an influencer, but they're right. thinking, I could start a business. All these, you know, you think about it, 20 years ago, none of our heroes or role models were business people. It was always just an athlete or just an entertainer. Now, people know who Zuckerberg is. Yeah, Steve Jobs is kind of an icon in society mark cuban you know with advent of shark definitely and and then kind of dudes like me that are out there like i got this great life i didn't get that i mean i left college my degree and i'll be honest with you i don't even know where it is i've never even seen a copy of it since i left there like if someone said (laughs) if someone said prove to me you have this degree right i don't have any proof i mean i'll probably call the school back and get it but i don't even know where the damn thing is located right so like i've never even used it once in my life i've used this i've used the skill right but i haven't used the degree once in my entire life Oh my god! Yeah, I actually. Do you know where yours is? It's probably in a bin in storage. I'm guessing because See? in my in two apartments ago, I remember I had it on my bookshelf just to like was like right when Vanderpump Rules started. I wanted yeah. to prove that I was <laughs> one of the few, very few cast members who did have a degree. Mm-hmm. There's only like three of us on the whole show, mm-hmm. and so I had it on my bookshelf. And I'm thinking. Since I like packed that room up and then moved twice, since it's probably in a bin in storage. Probably, but the other thing too, the one thing I would say on the other side is that it is an achievement to mm-hmm. go get a degree. Oh, absolutely, it's, it's a lot of work, and I kind of have a sense, oftentimes, like when I met you, I remember when I got the the plane when we flew back, and it was a fun flight, but. 
I was struck, just so you know, I want to give you a compliment. Like, I was struck. You're obviously beautiful, and you've been successful on in different ventures, especially on the TV show. But I was struck by your IQ, how smart you are, how quickly, like, you process information. Like, and, and because you are, you're very humble, you're funny, you're, you know, but you're, you're very, very smart. Like, you have Thank a high you. IQ. No, you do. And I think part of that is, like, someone, if you've got that kind of ability to be an intellect, if you will, even though... You know, everyone pictures in like with some dude with glasses that's goofy. But there's, <laughs> you, you, you struck me that way, and I think so. I think that degree is like an achievement. It's, it's a validation of the hard work and also how smart you are. Definitely, and I mean, I graduated high school with a 4.0. I there graduated college with honors. I skipped third grade actually. Whoa! So I got my college degree when I was only 20. Yeah, that does not surprise me about you. And I just, okay. I, it, it is one thing because I am a very humble person, but that's one thing I like to brag about because, mm. especially, I mean, I'm on a very heavily edited reality show with yeah. 15 other cast members yeah. so sometimes you just see me looking like a dumb valley girl being like oh my god this is like da 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 yeah. and people just think I'm stupid and I'm yeah. like no I'm actually educated it's yeah. just you're only seeing a very small part of me well there's another thing that you've done too I want to say to you that that is this there's a lot of messaging especially in social media especially with like these influencers with young people they're like ah you know don't worry about your late teens and 20s like just enjoy it you can always get around to being successful and it's probably the biggest bunch of BS in the world like your teens and your 20s matter like yeah. you, sh you should be getting after tell tell me I, I was a millionaire in my 20s right tell Steve Jobs he shouldn't have done anything in his 20s right. tell, tell Mark Cuban tell Zuckerberg tell LeBron James tell tell Beyonce tell about it and tell you like you yeah. were already achieving you graduated college early like there's these things there's indicators early in life now if you're 30 or 40 listen to this and you haven't had those things happen it doesn't mean you can't turn it around but I don't like the messaging to young people that's out there it's like hey just just cool it just enjoy you yourself time. yeah you're gonna live forever well, no, man. There's a there's something to be said for achieving and getting shit done when you're young, right? Definitely. There's a reason. Now, by the way, I like them. I'm not young anymore, but it was cool to get wealthy young. Mm -hmm. I was able to enjoy it. Like I wanted to get wealthy when I could still ride on a sea doo. You know, I could still wakeboard. Yes. Like I could go do things physically. The old school model is like you get rich once you're old, right? Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. You can do great things for your family, but it would be I, I want people listening to think, man, I could go get wealthy young. Yeah. 20, 30, 40, and forties is still young. You can go do these things young in your life. You don't have to wait for the perfect age or the right experience or, you know, you got to spend 15 years in a job. That's just not true anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And like to just, I mean, I'm so fortunate with the job I have to be able to literally travel the world. Like at yeah. my age, I feel like a lot of people don't get those opportunities. So I was just in Australia yeah. and New Zealand, like I've been to Europe. Like there's been so many places that I'm checking off my bucket list Love it. because I worked hard in my early 20s to get where I am now. Yeah. And you didn't just get those opportunities you seek to them yeah and so more people need to be that are listening to this is like hey start to think about it like start to be aware start to consider the possibility yeah of a better life start to think about like your past doesn't equal your future and your current conditions don't mean that you have to live like this forever like there's change every every person who's now wealthy unless they were born into it was once not Yes. So, so, oh, right. my God. I say this all the time. I'm like, there are certain people where I'm like, they don't know what it's like to have to check their account multiple times in the day to see if the auto debit came out or oh if you my, can afford dinner. My God. Like, I remember those days where it's like, okay, if I don't have five shifts at Villablanca this week, I might not be able to pay my rent. Oh, my God. And there's so yes. many people who will never understand that struggle. I'm not going to call one of them out, but there's one on my show. And I'm just mm. like, you don't know what it's like. I just had this. Gosh, I'm so glad you're saying this. I just had this happen. I was at a ATM machine i put this on one of my instagram stories the other day it just it made me like emotional so not to be weird but like i roll up into this bank that i've driven by many times but here i'm rolling up in a rolls wraith i've got 
more money in that bank than is insurable by the bank. So it's got to be another <laughs> bank. It's like, I'm really yeah. fortunate, right? Like, I'm really grateful for it. But it flashed me back. I had not been to that bank parking lot in 20 years. So it oh, tells you wow. how old I am, right? And the last time I was there was on a Sunday night. And I remember it was raining. And I prayed when I went because I had two banks. I had Wells Fargo and B of A. Both had like 80 bucks in it, I hoped. And I remember going to that ATM machine and praying there was 20 bucks in there. So they'd give me the money out of the machine. Yeah. Excuse me. It was a Friday night so that I could eat through Sunday. And there wasn't 20 in there. Oh, wow. And so it declined me to pull the $20. I know what it's like to pray there's enough yes. in there for the 20 to come out of yeah. the machine, right? And there wasn't. And I remember, like, it was a top ramen weekend, right? Like, I remember being that oh, worried, yeah. that broke. On top of my cell phone was turned off. On top of rent was behind. My wife and I, when we first got married, I'm like, babe, I'm going to be this big, successful entrepreneur. And and she'd known me all our life. We met when we were like five years old. I and, know. That's so awesome. Cool? I cool. love that. Yeah, and we were in high school. We dated in high school. And I'm like, babe, we're going to win. And within about three months of being married, because I'm an entrepreneur, our, our power got turned off. And we were behind on rent. And that's bad. But let me tell you one thing I've learned. You don't want your water gone. And we lost water. I didn't pay the water bill. And so you can't eat. You can't cook. Right. You can't shower. You can't brush your teeth. And so. Can't flush the toilet. It's nutty, man. <laughs> and so we would literally get up in the morning in our apartment. And we lived near the ocean, but not by it. You know, not on it. Uh -huh. It's freezing cold, right? We'd have to get up in the morning. We'd gather all our stuff. We'd walk down. This is a brand new husband. And we'd take a shower at the pool. The outdoor shower at the yeah. pool. And I'd hold a towel up where she'd change. We'd brush our teeth in the shower. And then we'd have to, like gather our stuff back up and people would be going to work seeing us. I was just ashamed, you mm -hmm. know. We'd walk back up and I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. I was just completely emasculated, you know. But so I know what it's like to be in that it makes me emotional now. Yeah. I know what it's like to be in that situation. To this day, with all the homes and the planes and all that, not every morning, but most mornings I'll tell you it's really crazy. When I pull the shower and the water comes out, instant gratitude yeah. like not every morning but like 90 percent of mornings i'm like thank you god like thank god there's water like as much as all these great things have happened i'm still grateful for really simple things because totally. i didn't have them yeah so yeah it's nuts that's amazing yeah. <laughs> and i think just like i mean those things are what you know shape you and just make you even more relatable and mm. yeah both of us so one of your topics that really stood out to me on your Instagram was about pleasing people. Mm -hmm. And I think it said, uh, do yourself a favor and stop trying to please everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, when I was reading what you wrote in the caption, I'm just like, it super spoke to me yeah. because that is literally like my role on the show is I'm the one mm -hmm. who is always in between everyone, always trying to like mm -hmm. have everyone get along. Like even like Lisa Van pump recently i had like said something nice about brandy in press and she was like stop trying to please everyone like mm -hmm. you don't need to say nice things about her she's not nice to you and i'm like mm -hmm. i know you're right like i don't know what's wrong with me i'm just like always trying to be nice to everyone mm -hmm. so like give me and my listeners <laughs> that advice of why i shouldn't well do this number all one, the time. one of one of the things i should say is if you're one of those people like you're nodding you're like it's first indicator you're a good person yeah <clears throat> number one because good people always want to make other people feel good good people are always worried about other people over themselves and that's really the sign of being a good person it's also a formula for being a very unhappy person yeah because it's a threshold you'll never meet you're never going to meet everybody else happy make everybody else happy and, and there's a, it's it's a symptom of a larger disease so if we're going to be real, it's one of the symptoms of this disease because it seems like a good thing, but it's not. The number one disease in the world today is actually an addiction to other people's approval. 
So even though you think you're trying to please them, you're really trying to get their approval. You're really trying to look good. And so this disease of I got to get approval from everybody, and that that's social media. How many likes did I get? How many comments did I get? What do people think about me? Yeah. Right? It's like this addiction to what other people think about us. And the challenge with that is, is like you'll never be able to control it. And the and the, and and it's really indicative of a confidence issue. So you're never going to please everybody. It's a formula to be miserable in your life. Number one. And what ends up happening is you end up cheating yourself out of your own bliss. I call it bliss instead of happy. You cheat yourself out of your own bliss because you're constantly focused on the exterior, on other people all the time. And it's a, it's a number you'll never get to because there's just people in your life you're just never going to make happy. I oh, have this, totally. I have a dude that's kind of a little bit like Brandy for you, but, mm-hmm. but maybe more pronounced. Like, this dude's just a flat hater. He's antagonistic to me. He wants me to lose. He's in a business that I'm in. He doesn't like me. I think he's jealous by some of my success, and probably he's part of it stuff I've done in the past. Yeah. Constantly for the last many years, I've tried to get this guy to like me. I've tried to get his approval. I've tried to get him to go, hey, man, you're a good dude. And you know what? I finally just, like, surrendered it. Yeah. It feels so good not to give a shit about what this oh, dude totally. thinks. Like, oh, my God. doesn't make me a bad person because I don't care what he thinks. Yeah. It makes me a confident person. And the fact of the matter is I was lacking confidence. So because I didn't trust myself, I wanted him to approve of me or other people. So do not spend your life trying to please everybody because it's an empty existence. I know. And I, it's like every season I tell myself just like don't give a fuck. Yeah. But it's like I still – I just – yeah, I do. Like I want everyone to like me. I want to get along with everyone. But it's like there comes a point where I'm just like, you know, I, I, it's, I'm not going to win. Right. So but, but I give pow- up. But, the, Sheena, that's a powerful thing. You can want it. You just can't need it. Yeah. And the truth is a lot of people need it. That's like, true. To feel good about myself, I got to have other people approve of me. I want people to like me. I want people to like this podcast. Yeah. I'm, where I'm going going right now i'm working with one of my athletes when i leave i want him to like me i want him to like the experience but i don't need him to that's a really good yeah. point because i say that a lot of the time too when i've been single a year and i don't know nine months or something now mm-hmm. but people constantly are like you always like need a man around and i'm like mm-hmm. no 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 i want Big. the attention i don't mm-hmm. need it like i'm mm-hmm. good on my own even in my last song that i just released in the chorus is i don't need a man to validate my life mm-hmm. because i don't need that but i'm like no i don't want to go to sleep alone every night for the rest of my life i've been doing that for over a year and a half and like sometimes i get over it and i'm just like i want that but i know i don't need it i don't need it to be successful i've been successful on my own and it's just like there is such a difference between wanting and needing something. It's, well, it's huge what you just said because especially for – well, it's for men and women, but particularly for the ladies that are listening to this. You have to really be honest with yourself. Is it a want or are you kind of needy? Mm-hmm. Because the minute you gravitate over to needy, here's the deal. This is when you begin to magnetize people to your life who take advantage of you. So you have to be really honest. If you want a good man or you want a good woman, that's healthy. You should want that. But when you switch over to kind of need it, people sense this. Yeah. And that's when they take advantage of you. That's when they walk on you. That's when they don't value you. That's when they don't honor you in a Mm -hmm. relationship is when you need them. And so when you get into a relationship, I've always said two people should magnify each other. It's not like that whole idea of you complete me, you know, from Jerry Maguire. (laughs) It's such a beautiful line and it's probably ruined more people's lives than any line because the truth of the matter is if you need another person to complete you, you got real problems. Totally. What you want is that other person to magnify you. Yeah. To help, the, to help you get better, to support you, to believe in you, to love you, but not to complete you. In fact, great relationships are between two complete people. Yeah. 
And the minute you need someone means you need them to complete you. And that's that's a real dangerous thing to have in a relationship. And that's what I've said so many times where I'm like, look, if I needed someone, I have three guys I've gone on dates with in the last six months who Mm. would date me right now. Mm -hmm. If I needed a relationship and needed a boyfriend, I would have one. I'm really sure that's true with you. Yeah. Just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. But it's like the way you see it on the show. It's like, oh, God, like last season, the edit with my ex-boyfriend and I, it was terrible. It was crazy cringeworthy mm. and this season's the same thing but i'm like you see like five seconds of like my best friend who i was like kind of dating still it's confusing mm. but it's like you see seconds of that you don't see when it's just him and i at home together you don't see us at dinner you don't see us on dates like you don't see any of those things so it's like mm. it's frustrating because it's like i look like this girl who like needs this guy and i'm like no 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 like i want him around me because mm. like he makes me a better person sure it's not because I need it. I think I've gotten to know you a little bit. I don't think you need a man. No. no I don't think you need I a don't. Man. Like, I've been more successful being single. I've made the most money I've ever made. I've had the most success in my career in the last year and a half since I've been single. See? So it, like, makes me want to stay single longer because I'm like, when I'm in a relationship, that is my focus. That's yeah. just how I am. Mm-hmm. I put 100% in. Mm-hmm. And I get distracted. And I put them before my career. Well, that's another conversation we'll have off, off <laughs> okay. camera. But, but I... But I, but I want to say something to you. People ask me often, um, uh, does being wealthy, does being rich make you happy? And I'm like, no, I was happy when I didn't have money. That's Makes a big argument. Makes it easier. Right. I, but I will say this. I've been happy poor and I've been happy yeah. rich. Happy rich is better. Yeah. Happy rich is of way course. better. It's way better. Well, you can help more people, right? Yeah. But also, same thing. I've been happy single uh-huh. and I've been happy in a relationship. Happy in a relationship is better. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't be happy single. Totally. Right? So I so relate to all of that. <laughs> like... totally get that there was um one question that came in from gina lamos and she said what is blissful satisfaction oh okay so it's blissful dissatisfaction and what that is is i talk about that there's a way to live simultaneously blissful happy and still be dissatisfied Mm -hmm. so a lot of people in life i think what people think is and this is so true especially with achievers so you need to watch this actually People think, hey, I'm going to delay my happiness until a certain destination. I'll be happy when I get in that relationship. I'll be happy when I get a million dollars. I'll be happy when I get that car, when I get that house. So they delay their happiness to a future time. Mm -hmm. That's one disease people suffer from. The problem with that is that place will never arrive. And if you can't learn to be happy without those things, there's a problem. Wherever you go in your life, you bring you with you. So I know a lot of people who got that car, got that relationship, got that whatever, and are just as unhappy when they got there because they didn't learn to the skills of being blissful when they didn't have those things. Uh The other thing is achievers think, if I let myself enjoy this, I'm going to lose my drive. Yeah. Yo, man, if I really have a good time right now, like if I celebrate these victories I've got, I'm going to lose my ambition. I'm going to lose my drive. There's this, if I could live in some kind of misery, I'll keep hungry, right? right? And that's also not true. It's completely not true. In fact, there's something in your brain called dopamine. When you win, yep. if you don't celebrate, if you keep not celebrating victories in your life, your brain starts to figure out, this isn't worth it. I don't get a dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. So you literally cheat yourself out of actually doing it again and finding the desire. It's kind of like this, I say. If you're a vegetarian, this doesn't count, but you bite into a great steak. <laughs> oh, it's this filet bl- mignon. It's, yeah, it's like this blissful bite. You're like, oh, yes. do you go, ah, I don't want another bite anymore. No. No, you bl- want the whole thing. <laughs> the bliss makes you want more. Right. And so there's a relationship between celebrating and enjoying your life and getting more success and getting further down the road, not the reverse.
worse. So that's what I mean by learn to live blissfully dissatisfied. People conflate two words, happiness and satisfaction. They're not, they're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're completely different. You can simultaneously be happy and blissful and still be dissatisfied. Yeah. And so I've kind of lived the last 20 years of my life, most of the time, pretty damn blissful and happy and totally dissatisfied, which is what I want. I don't want to lose my my dissatisfaction because that's my drive. Right. And satisfaction, not to get real detailed with you, but there's a gap between where I think I can be and where I am. That's dissatisfying. But I can enjoy where I am. I just want to get to that new place. Yeah. So that's blissful dissatisfaction. And I have a great audio on it. If you go to my podcast, I'm plugging here. Yes. No, or, I want to talk about that if you as go well. To my, if you go to my podcast, uh, I have an audio on there called Blissful Dissatisfaction. I teach the tools, the way to use your mind and your thoughts and your words and your visualizations to create that in your life. Amazing. Yeah. How long have you been doing your podcast now? Oh my gosh, not that long. Uh, my podcast, on well, the business space, uh, 18 months. Okay. And it was this uh, last uh, last week, it was number two in the world. Oh wow! It's really cool. It's moved That's up amazing. And Congrats. Thank you. I'm really happy yeah. about it because I was I was so. It's a funny story. Kind of like you. I don't know if you knew anything about podcasting before you did, but I had no. I didn't at all. Now yeah. I know there's like 630,000 of them. So yeah, and you... number two is a really big deal. And the average <laughs> one gets less than 500 downloads. So you know how well you're doing. Oh, right? yes. So the average one does That's less than 500. That's good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm way above that. Everybody has like a podcast. More people have podcasts than they have cats and dogs now, right? Like they're, <laughs> they're everywhere, which is really cool. But yeah. I was so, I got to tell you a funny story. Tony Robbins is the one who convinced me to do it. And I had no idea. Like I'm older than most of the people in your audience and like I know nothing about social media at the time or podcasting and so I'm like so I did not know what one was he's like you need a podcast I'm like bro what what What's is that? even one of those he goes you can get them on your phone and I'm looking on my phone and I'm like there's no podcast on my phone right <laughs> and he goes you have to download the app and I'm like I, I, you don't even want to know so finally he I literally I have this will give you hope everybody if you immerse yourself on a topic even if you know nothing about it you can get good at it yeah right and I knew nothing so I literally googled how to start a podcast Tim Ferriss who has a podcast had a show he did on how to do a podcast I'm like cool I listen to the show at the end there's a link if you click this button it's my podcast kit so i go to amazon i buy the mics and the recording thing and it comes back to my house and i'm like okay what do i do tony's like just say your shit into the mic for Talk. 30 minutes like <laughs> do what you do man like sprinkle that stuff in there yeah so i do 30 minutes alone in my wine room at my house and i'm like talking for 30 minutes and i call him like okay i did it how does it get <laughs> how does it get out of this machine like into the internet yeah. like how does it get from here and he's like you got to pull the chip out of the machine and i'm like chip he, I'm, like, I'm thinking like i'm literally thinking like a dorito or something right and he's like no there's a chip in the machine i'm like oh, okay cool he goes you bought the chip right oh my god and i'm like uh no i don't know i opened it up there's no chip <laughs> didn't record literally no. anything like the whole thing was not recorded and then finally i get the chip in there and i could not figure out what you did with these chips after you so i had like 18 recordings and I couldn't figure out <laughs> how you would get it into the internet. And that was like, I don't know, like 19 months ago. Yeah. And now it gets millions of downloads every single week. So it's it's, it's bananas. That's amazing. It's so what a 180. Yeah, so <laughs> Not recording. That was, so I'm always like 98% of the time I'm here in studio. Mm. Will in the booth is amazing. He does all of the technicality stuff for me. So all I have to do is talk to my guests. The fact that you call it technicality stuff lets me know that you're exactly like me on this. Yeah. So no, <laughs> I'm like, I, like sometimes I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I just I have no idea. So I, I recently have done two outside of the studio. I did one in Las Vegas. Okay. I'm going to do another one because Polly D is a friend of mine oh, and yeah. he is so busy yeah. DJing right now. He's a residency out there. Yeah. I'm in Vegas like 
every other weekend. Mm. So I'm like, wait, why don't we just do one in Vegas instead of waiting for you to come to LA? Very cool. So I'm doing another one. But Janet and I last week had to do, I called it a clapback one. Mm -hmm. Brandy Glanville did a podcast where she's just like trashing me and spreading lies and like spewing all this hate. And I was like, you know what? Not that I want to give you any more attention, but Mm. I'm going to because I need to put my side out there. Sure. So Janet and I started with an Insta Live, a couple glasses of rosé, and our breath breathalyzer and we're like (laughs) we're gonna do this before and after the show and it was funny because i started out sober she was at like a 0.11 and by the end of the show we switched (laughs) (laughs) but we're like wait this was fun and i was like but it recorded right like the chips in there it recorded because i was so paranoid about that so we take the chip out and then will had uh sent me an amazon link for the card reader to plug into my laptop and so i have my laptop out i have the chip and i'm like Okay, but like this plug doesn't match this because <laughs> I have such a new MacBook yeah. Air mm. that it only has the new yeah. like one plug. Yep. It doesn't have a USB. It doesn't. I'm like, but wait, now what do I do? And so thankfully, Janet was able to I take it. it and download it and all of that and then like put it in a Dropbox. I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this. No, like, but this is like so important because people, <laughs> people think like, man, here's, I just had a guy on my show named Jesse Itzler. He had Marquee Jets. He sold it to Warren Buffett. Really successful dude. His wife, Sarah Blakely from Spanx. Okay. But like, here's what successful people have that I think everyone needs to establish. Like if we just throw a little tip in there. Most people have too high of a threshold for what they think they have to be prepared for to try things, yeah. to do things, and so they never get around to doing them. The most successful people I know knew almost nothing about mm-hmm. the thing they're now great at, but they threw themselves into the unknown, yeah. into the uncomfortable. When I started my Instagram account, Tony Robbins tells me to do the Instagram thing. I go, I tell my son, I go, Max, go set up the account. So he sets it up, and he comes back, and I go, what do you do? And Tony goes, just say your shit for a minute in there and post it. I'm like, a minute? Dude, it takes him like 40 minutes to say something. Because it has to be a minute. I'm like, why? He goes, I don't know. That's just how it is. It's just the rule. So check this out. Remember, now this account now has a million followers in a year and a half and, and really large engagement. I, get, I know. I get a couple thousand it's comments. It's amazing. It's so weird, right? And so I get a lot of engagement on there. Anyway, long story short, I make the first video. And my son's now the, the guru. He's my social media technicality guy, right? Yeah. And uh, – the next day, I got like three views and no comments. And I called Tony. I go, what did I do wrong? Now, what I hear him say, because I know nothing. I swear to God, this is true. What I hear Tony say is, you posted at the wrong time, dude. Post it in the morning. That's what I hear him say. Don't post. For our type of content, it needs to be in the morning. Yeah. And he goes, and what I hear him say, I swear to God, I hear him say, dude, you have to post at breakfast time in the morning. And how in the <laughs> world are there no hash browns on your post? <laughs> This is what I hear him say, right? And I'm like, what? But I don't want to embarrass myself because I already had this chip incident. Yeah. So I tell my son, I'm like, Max, what the hell is wrong with you? You know why we only get three views? There's no hash browns in the video. You have to post at breakfast. So I think he's telling me I need to make posts around breakfast with hash browns. And I'm mad at my son. He's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you wanted breakfast foods in your videos. And I find out like around 1 o'clock that afternoon that it was, it was hashtags with complete dumbass. And then a year and a half, you know, a year later, that was only like a year ago, there's a million people on there. So. So funny. Yeah. I mean, even since Super Bowl, you your yeah. account's gone up but like two hundred thousand. Like it's weird. it's building so fast. It's crazy. It's nutty. Oh my god, hash browns. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so weird. Um. Okay. So um. One of the other things that stood out to mm. me is 
when is the last time you did something for the first time? Mm -hmm. That was a really good topic. And I'm still like trying to think. I'm like, when is the last? I'm like, I mean, okay, I went to Australia for the first time. Like I went on like, you know, I I flew coach for 13 hours for the first time. (laughs) But I was trying to think. I'm like, when is? And it's like, that's such a great question that really gets you thinking. Yeah, well, people get into ruts, right? And everyone listening to this says, hey, I want to grow. Like, how do I grow? Well, one of the fastest ways to grow, it seems stupid, is just to try new things. Yeah. And, And basic things like go to a new beach try a new coffee shop do a different workout visit a new church meet a new person read a new book listen to a different type of music because what happens is think about when you grew the most in your life is when you're a kid Mm -hmm. you're constantly growing well the reason you were growing not it wasn't because you were young it's because you're constantly experiencing new things people places ideas those kind of things as you get older the ratio of how much that happens reduces, and most of the stuff is very routine. Like, for example, not to get too technical, but 91% of your thoughts every day are identical to the previous day. There's only 9% variation in your thinking every that single day. That makes so much sense. So people wonder why, well, why is my life just like it was a month ago? Because you, 91% of those thoughts are identical. Uh-huh. What if 91% of the people you talk to are identical? Well, 91% of the coffee shops you go to, gyms, places of business are identical, and then you wonder why I'm not growing. So yeah. you just force yourself especially on weekends take a different walk you think that doesn't it does it stimulates something in your brain that causes you to begin to grow that and and there's an ancillary effect all over your life so i tell people all the time try something new constantly meet new people go to a different place take a yoga class like you you think that's corny it's a catalyst for every other area of your life yeah promise you seriously that's i like that thank you yeah um wait i was just gonna say something then i lost my train of thought because i was so bored no 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 i was so into what you were saying <laughs> um i'll come back to it it'll yeah. it'll pop back oh uh, patterns yeah. i was watching your insta story yesterday where you were talking about patterns and mm-hmm. that's like i feel like that is something that i do and i think a lot of people do that so what would your advice oh, yeah. be in breaking patterns or keeping the good ones yep. and you know just kind of getting rid of the bad well you are as a person i have a good one on this on the audio video stuff but you are you are a pattern like mm-hmm. your brain is a software program and so every once in a while it catches a virus and it slows you down and you you don't process information or your life like you'd like to so you are a series of patterns every pattern you have you have because there's a payoff for you the good or the bad ones you all of all people run on patterns so for example when you get into a relationship once it starts to go good there's a pattern you start to maintain or deteriorate the relationship Mm -hmm. when you get a little bit of money in your pocket there's a pattern when you get a promotion there's a pattern when you go under stress there's a pattern when you get into a disagreement there's a pattern and so the most important thing is start to identify what these patterns are like for me when stress hits i go into a worry pattern this is my stupid brain and i start to stack things and i start to worry i have this complete misuse of my imagination which is worry bible says it's a sin and i start to stack worrying and i make it worse and worse and worse and worse and then i'm in this very stressed state over a very small situation that I've stacked, that's a pattern of mine. So one of the ways I interrupt that pattern is just by being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening to this, if I just asked you, when you get stress, there's a pattern, isn't there? When you get worried, when you get successful, when you get happy, when you drink, whatever it is, you have patterns that start to happen. Just the awareness makes it lose the power over you. So when I start to worry, I'm like, there I go again. And it loses its power over me. And I do what I call a pattern interrupt, which is usually I just replace it with a different thought. I replace it with a different movement. One great way to interrupt patterns, believe it or not, seems stupid, is move your body differently. Like literally when oh. you go into a state where you're into a negative deteriorated state, go for a run, go for a workout, do jumping jacks, have sex. Like literally when you move your body, advice. I know, thank you. <laughs> when you move your body, you change your state. 
One of the fastest ways to change our state is to change our physiology, is to change our body. Because you do emotions. Emotions aren't something that just you feel. You do them physically. Like if you think about it, laughter, joy, fun, right? That's you doing something physically, yeah. right? Enjoyment. Like you breathe deeper. You move differently. Depression, frustration, worry, stress. You do it. You're hunched over. You don't breathe as deep. You're, you're constricted, right? So it's a change of your physical state can do what we call a pattern interrupt. Mm -hmm. Also just being aware of it. So those are two quick ones I talk about a whole bunch of different different ones yeah. in that audio. Do you meditate? I do. Yeah. What do you do to meditate? Because that's one thing that for the last, like, I've talked about it so many times on here, people are probably like, shut up about it and mm -hmm. just do it. Mm -hmm. I talk about it all the time and I haven't done it because okay. I feel like my brain never shuts off. Yes. And that's one thing that it's like, I haven't tried it, so I can't say that it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But like, for someone like me who kind of is always thinking and worrying sometimes, mm -hmm. I have anxiety, sure. but what do you think would be like a good realistic meditating form? Yeah, I like TM and I like mindfulness. Those are two things both people could look at. And by the way, the fact that your mind never stops is the reason that you should meditate. Yeah. And just so you know, somebody like me, I'm a type A, very wound up. I don't even Same. look like a meditator, right? I got tattoos, I lift weights, I'm, Same. you know, got a weird <laughs> beard. So I don't look like someone who would meditate. But for me, um, it's just quieting my mind. It's emptying my mind just for a little bit. And it's the hardest thing in the world for me. It's, yeah. just, it's just to literally get quiet, right? So what I do for me, and by the way, meditation means so many different things. Mm -hmm. So for example, like if you're quiet and doing yoga, that can be a form of meditation. So all it is for me is being aware of thoughts. It's pretty cool. So when they enter my mind, I have them leave. So for me, it's usually about 10 minutes every single morning. And the way that I do it is I start out every morning. I do a whole routine. I have an audio on that too. But my morning routine is I do do a gratitude exercise where I flood myself. Who loves me? Who do I love? I talk about this in my book an awful lot too. Um, what am I grateful for? You know, what are the great things happening in my life? And I flood those great thoughts into my life. And then I'm able to just get quiet. And I just let myself just be at peace just for a few minutes. I'm not one person who can like do this for 30 minutes. Yeah. But I do. It is such deep rest for me. If anybody listening to this wakes up tired in the morning, like a lot of people wake up tired. I do. Okay. You really, just because your mind didn't quiet itself while you were sleeping. God, that makes so much sense. Yeah, but about 15 minutes of meditation for me, there's some data on this. I don't know what it is, but about 15 minutes of meditation for me is like four hours of restorative sleep. Wow. And, and I suck at it, just so you know. So I suck at it, but I've gotten better and better at just quieting my mind and getting empty. For me, it's just stupid, but I have to repeat a word. So that's one thing about TM is they'll give you a word, mm -hmm. and I repeat that word audibly or that sound, and it eliminates the thinking in my mind as I, um, if I'm repeating that word. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. And I'm just, look, I'm- But it gives you something to focus on rather than all the crazy shit going on in your head. Correct. And flooding myself with gratefulness and gratitude. And so, yeah, it's been a huge, huge difference, especially for busy people it's yeah like, do you ever get alone are you is your mind ever quiet do you ever rest are you ever not on your phone average person checks their smartphone 550 times a day oh my god i know i like have not set up the screen time because i don't want to know how much time i'm on my phone yeah, every and, day and what's funny is like right when this ends we'll both grab our phone because we're addicted yeah. we're like oh it's hard to go uh -huh. 40 minutes without looking at your phone you're like there's probably a million things yeah. on there i have to do i'll give people one little tip this is going to change your life if you could do it. It's a form of meditation. And by the way, it'll take so much work. If you could allow yourself to wake up in the morning and for 30 minutes not check your phone, so your whole life would change. Because yeah. the first thing you do when you wake up, everybody, is you check go. Check your phone. And you go, what am I worried about? Yep. And what happens is you check your phone and you respond. 
So here's what you just did. You just literally lost control of your entire day. So I have this philosophy. If I can control the first 30 minutes of my day mm -hmm. and the last 30 minutes, I got a higher probability of controlling the middle. But if you wake up and bam, you respond to stuff on your phone immediately, you have lost complete control yeah. and you are a responder. You've set the syntax up or the context of your life is I respond all day long. And so what you will do your entire day is respond to things. You'll dictate no terms. You'll be in control of nothing. You will respond. But if you could take that first third, and it'd be so tempting. It's like crack in the yeah. beginning. Like I got my injection of weed or, you know, I got to smoke some <laughs> weed or injection of heroin or smoke. It's like crack for people. I know you don't inject crack. You know what I mean? No, so, I do not. So, I do smoke weed, but I, I don't inject yeah. crack. By the way, when I got in the elevator, there was some of the best swelling. Was that you? No, that wasn't. Like, oh, my God. Maybe it was, it was Janet. It was, okay, <laughs> But if you could like go those first 30 minutes, your life will freaking change. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not addicted to this phone. I'm directing my day. I'm in control of my day. I've done my gratitude exercise. I've done a little prayer. I've done some meditation. I've stretched. Now I get into, and I decide when I respond to these things, now you are dictating the terms of your life not living in your life in response so you don't think that after those 30 minutes when i do have to respond i would get anxiety that i didn't respond 30 minutes ago you won't you will in the beginning and, okay. and you won't after about a month and yeah. after about a month you'll feel much more empowered much uh -huh. stronger completely different physiology in your body and mindset you're like i have already got things done i'm supposed to do yeah now i get to what i want to get to and, and okay. for, for most people don't even leave the bed it's right next to the bed they grab it <gasps> Oh, What's yeah. on there? Gosh, I hope no one's mad at me. I hope I don't have a bill to pay. I hope there's no meeting I miss. And you're like, oh, responding. And you don't even leave the bed and you're responding. You've lost yeah, control of your life. that was this morning for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's most mornings for most people. And it was my whole life. Yeah. And I changed it and I'm a, my life's completely different because of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, mom, if I'm, she's sitting out there. If I don't respond to you first thing in the morning, it's because I'm taking those 30 minutes for myself. This will be so <laughs> difficult to do. And it, if you no, it really it, will be. Yeah. Even when I was like doing my makeup, like I went and plugged my phone in because I'm like, I need to focus on just getting ready and not like responding to all these texts. But then the second I hear something, I'm like, well, maybe I should go check that because it might be important. And yeah. it's like, well, I didn't even have 30 minutes where I just got ready. Most people feel out of control in their life. Yeah. They go, hey, I'm not in control of my life. Well, that's one of the reasons why. Mm -hmm. You're a responder. You start the very second you're awake responding. Oh, that's so true. Wow. Yeah. See, I would have never thought about that. Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, so tell me about your book. Thank you for bringing me a copy. I cannot wait to read it. I'm cool. not a person who reads, but I love how small this I is because it, it makes reason. me want to read it that yeah. much more. Well, every book I read says the same stuff, especially yeah. on like business or life strategy or self-help. It's just the same stuff. Yeah. And so I wrote one that's not the same stuff. And I'm like, no one reads a whole book. And when I read these 300-page books, like there's like 40 good pages. Yeah. So I wrote a 100-page book. And I'm like, every single page will have content on there that'll help I you. I love that. And so I wrote it to get people who don't like to read, which is everybody. Yeah. And so it's a book you could read in a day or two days. And I'll just tell you, I think every page will be insightful for you. Some of the stuff we've talked about here, just in more detail. And I didn't write the book to make any money either. So I don't, I, you can buy it on Amazon. It's 20 bucks, but I'll just give it to everybody here for free. Uh -huh. So if you go to maxoutbook.com, you put in the code maxout just for your audience, it's free. I think you got to pay to ship it to you. And it's not one of these things like, Oh, once you get the free book, now I'm going to sell you something else. There's right. there's nothing to sell you. I have no, I have nothing to sell. I love that. So it's a free book, and you don't want to go to Amazon. Don't give them the money, or I don't even know if I get any money from Amazon when they do it. But I, it's free. Just go. Get I it. think it's like a very very small yeah, percentage. Yeah. Go to maxoutbook.com. It'll help you. You read it in a day or two, and I think you'll be you'll be happy you did. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to read that. I'm never excited to read anything. I was cool. like, wait, this is really thin. I can do this. <laughs> That's what everybody. It's said. like it's so discouraging when like you get a book and it's just so thick because I'm like, uh. Well, people are like, I don't have a month to read. 
read this no. book, right? And like, one of the things you do is you like you read a chapter, and then by the time you get back to the book two days later, you forgot what you read two days ago. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to reread yeah. that, and then yeah. it's like I'm not getting forward. I'm just reading the same shit I already read because I forgot about what yeah, I read. Exactly. So it's it's real quick read. Yeah. What is the best way to overcome procrastination? Mm, that's a great question. I had a so, lot of questions about this. Yeah, um, that's the, one of the great diseases of all time, right? And so procrastination is just a lack of clarity. So you don't even really know what you want to get done. And so the people that I know that are the most successful and the ones that I work with that I try to help the most is this, is that they think they have goals, but you don't really have any goals. Most people's goals are very vague, very vanilla. Like, I want to be rich. I want to be happier. I want to lose weight. You have to, your brain cannot process vanilla stuff. So mm -hmm. you'll procrastinate going to the gym if you don't know exactly what it is you want. And here's the kicker. The, the thing that moves people is the why. So I'm pretty fit. I'm not the fittest dude in the world, but for my age, I'm pretty fit. People You're very like, fit, People yes. are like, well, why are you fit? Let me give you the reason why I'm fit. When I was 30 years old, my uncle, who I look like, died of a heart attack. I went and did a heart scan at Cedar sinai Turns out I had clogged arteries already. Wow. And when I went into the scan, the doctor was a great doctor. He understood getting leverage, understood getting wise, so I'll never procrastinate again. So to the extent that you get clear and to the extent that you have a why will eliminate procrastination. I promise you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know why, like if you're, I haven't studied for my finals, it's because you don't have a specific reason, a specific grade, a specific whatever. So the doctor goes, hey, man, our, um, the, what would most doctors do? They'd be like, your arteries are 20% clogged, change your diet, take this Crestor, goodbye. He didn't do that because then I procrastinate. Yeah. He got leveraged. So he's like, uh, let me ask you a question before I show you this. Uh, are you married? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you love your wife? I go, yeah, I've known her all my life pretty much. Yeah, I love my wife. He goes, you got kids? I said, I have a son. And he goes, uh, I heard he knew. He goes, I heard your wife was pregnant. I said, yeah. And he goes, you're having a little girl? And I said, yeah. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Just be real with me. Do you want to walk her down her aisle on a wedding day? Oh. And I'm like, what? He goes, I asked you if you'd like to walk this little girl you're about to have down the aisle on her wedding day. You don't say that to a dad. Yeah. Right? And your son, you want to be there for his graduation? He goes, let me ask you this. Just curious. How would you feel? Because I heard you're a rich guy. How would you feel if there was another man at breakfast every morning with your kids and another man walks your daughter down the aisle someday and that guy will be there to hug your son when he graduates? I'm like, what the fuck is in this scan? Dude? Yeah. Right? Right? And he goes, um, I'm going to show you. And he goes, here's the good news. If you do exactly what I tell you to do, exactly. I'm going to tell you exactly the workout, exactly the diet, exactly the medication. If you do what I tell you to do, you'll be there for that wedding day. If you don't, you're going to miss all of it. Wow. And I went, give it to me. And so I'm telling you that every morning when I wake up, when I don't want to go, mm -hmm. about three mornings ago this happened, I'm like, I'm tired as hell. I got in at 2.30. It's 5 a.m. Bella's wedding. Bella's wedding. It's this trigger that goes off that eliminates all my procrastination, yeah. eliminates all the stuff. I know exactly the workout, exactly why I'm doing it. So your procrastination is the symptom. The disease is your lack of specificity with what you want. Don't tell me you want to be rich. How much money? Don't tell me you want to lose weight. What body weight? And then you have to know why. You have to have the actual why. The why is the driving force on all goals, on outcomes, and they need to be compelling and emotional. And usually your why is other people. Yeah. Usually your why is other people or your dreams. Remember that. I don't know my why. It's your dreams or other people. And when you anchor into yourself the why, you will go to the gym. 
you will get up. You will study for the test. You will take that job. You will return the phone calls. You'll do the appointments in the business you're in. If you're not clear, it'll look like procrastination. Because uh-huh. there's no, why are you in a hurry? It doesn't even freaking matter. I can lose the weight tomorrow. Yeah. And you're conflicted. So you've got to be very specific and then have a very detailed plan as well. That way you'll you'll take action steps. Yeah. I want my dad to listen to this because he's a smoker. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my sister's 21. You know, he walked me down the aisle the first time. <laughs> Hopefully there's a second time. I mean, we'll see. But like, I mean, I feel like if... I, if we put things in that perspective for him, like mm-hmm. he's like he'll always like make a joke, which I don't find funny at all. He's like, well, you better have kids before I die. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, my parents died young and it's just like he always and I'm like, stop saying that. Like, don't mm-hmm. I'm not ready to have kids. I just put my eggs on ice because I am I not that. ready to have kids. So, mm-hmm. like, I need you to stick around because like my kids are going to need their opa. Like, mm-hmm. yes. And the more and more you anchor into him, those emotional or he sees yeah. that you're emotional, you have a better chance. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean it's a guaranteed thing, but like every area of my life now, like even what we're doing right now, is like there's days I don't want to do this. And then I, I think through the emotional people that have reached out to me and said their life changes or, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and it's an emotional why for me and it gets me to continue to take action, not to delay. And so this is the, that is the formula to eliminate being a procrastinator is for sure. And then with your dad, you, the more and more you repeat that. I have a mom who smokes too, mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to break that with her, and I've laid this on her. Yeah. What about your grandkids? What about this? But more and more she sees it, the more I'm getting her to – she's she's now, well, how would I do it? I'm like, that's the good question. We can get a specific plan. Yeah. And so that's how you do it. And I'm at that age too where, I mean, two of my cast members lost their dads in the last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like I have so many other friends who – Two of my coworkers from Villa Blanca both recently lost their moms. And it's just like we're at that age where it's like so many people's parents are dying. And it's like it's scary. Like I'm not ready to have kids. And I want my dad to be around when I'm ready for that. So this is beautiful. That's one other thing. I'm so glad even if it's the last thing we even got to cover. I'm so happy that you brought this up because the other way that you change your life completely is you get aware of time. Mm -hmm. You become much more of time. It's harder when you're younger, but not that hard. So. For example, with parents, my dad's sick. He's got cancer right now. He's been sick for a while, mm. and um, it's no fun. But everything in your life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. And even in the worst things. I'm, I'm releasing an interview tomorrow with someone named Israel Del Toro. He had an IED go off in Iraq and burn 80% of his body. Wow. And it's, um, believe it or not, if you, if you watch that, it happened for him, not to him. And we'll, we'll talk about why in there. So my dad's cancer happened for us, not to us. You're like, how is that possible? I value my time with my dad so much differently now. Uh-huh. Every call matters. But as far as like, ah, oh, it's my dad. I'll call him back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every call. If I see him on there, it's the first call I make back. I value my own time. I value time with my own kids. I, I value my own health more. I'll give you an example. If you shrink time. I'm, your mom, Erica, is beautiful. Yeah. Right? How old is Erica? <laughs> 53. Okay, 53. And you see her all the time, right? Yes. Okay. By the way, I hope that's okay, Erica. But, yeah. But I just had a conversation with a friend of mine. I said, how old's your dad? And he was 70. Mm-hmm. And I said, how many times a year? Your relationship's different with your mom. Yeah. But I said, how often do you see your dad? And he said, three times a year. Oh, my god. That's what he saw. Yeah. They live in different states. And I said, and he goes, I go, yeah, man. He goes, I got eight years left. I said, no, you don't. You have 24 more meetings. Yeah. You have 24 more meetings. You see him three times a year, eight years. You get to see your dad 24 more times. Mm -hmm. You better appreciate every single one of those visits. And so if you start to shrink time and see it that way, you will take much bigger action. Some of the people that are listening to this that have kids, they're going to get around to being successful. My son's going to leave my house in a year. Mm -hmm. I have one more year with my son in my house, and I'm never going to have him there again. He may come back after college, but you know what I mean, right? right? You begin to shrink down what time really matters to you. And if you start to think through, like, I'm 48 years old next month, right? If I live average, that's 30 years. I have 30 more summers. 
30 more Christmases. Uh-huh. I have 30 more Septembers. I have 30 more Valentine's Day in my life if I live the average. Yeah. And so it just makes you appreciate it and want to get after it and want to win and want to be successful and want to make other people happy and want to give to other people. When you realize we all know we're going to die someday, but we don't – it's powerful to consider that because when you consider this is going to end at some point – I know it's not a really happy topic, but it causes you to want to take action because it shrinks the time yeah. frame. It's the one guarantee in life. You're going to die. Scarcity is value. Yeah. That's why diamonds are worth more than paper because – they're more scarce. Uh-huh. So when you realize time is scarce, it will become more valuable to you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this is, you guys, you got to listen to him every day. I mean, wow. I'm like in a way better mood now than <laughs> I was when I was tired you, and woke up. Even it's after just we like, talked about cancer? Okay. No, but it's just like thinking about like, you know, just changing the way you think of things. And because mm-hmm. I mean, I always think, you know, I'm like, you know, you could die tomorrow. Like you never mm-hmm. know. And so it's like, I do always try and like live life to the fullest, but do. I don't. I've, I've never put it in that perspective of like, mm-hmm. you know, you have so many more of this. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like my dad needs to hear this. Yeah. I need to put that in perspective for him because cool. he is, he's young. He just turned 59. Super young. So he's still young, but his parents and my mom's parents all within the same year, literally within 12 months, all four of them between ages 63 and 64 or five mm. all passed away oh my gosh it was just and so like my dad's like thinking like well i've only got four years left because i'm at that age and it's like no you don't like mm. you're only 59 so like oh my gosh it's, it's kind of cool to do because i'll tell you like i was just in cabo this weekend and every time you're there you're like ah, oh, this is beautiful because i'm really weird about this stuff i looked at the ocean you're gonna think this is so strange but i looked at the ocean and by the way you could do this if you're 25 or 15 mm-hmm. but i looked at the ocean i thought I wonder how many times I'm going to sit on this beach and see this view again. I'm going to take this in, man. Yeah. Everyone looks at it and go, this is beautiful. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. Like, I'm not going to return this email right now. And you know what? My wife and I did get in a disagreement earlier. I ain't going to dwell on that. Like, I'm going to take this in right mm-hmm. now. Like, I have this really weird thing I do now that I live at the beach. I'm trying to catch as many sunsets as I can every day. Yeah. Because I only get so many more of them. It's just like when you shrink time, you just love your life more. And I'm not surprised you do it because happy people and achievers are good at this. Definitely. And unhappy people and non-achievers aren't good at this. Yeah. That is one thing that I want to start doing more of because I do live at the beach as well. Mm-hmm. And every time I go down to like Venice, like at sunset, it's just like I love that. And I feel like I, I do it often, but like not nearly enough. Yeah, just appreciate things. Tony Robbins has this great saying that I, I believe in. He says, trade your expectations for appreciation. Like drop what you expect all the time and just appreciate what you have yeah you know like the more and more i'm grateful for things gratitude is the most is the antidote to every negative emotion in your life you can't simultaneously be grateful and sad grateful and angry grateful and worried so if you could just inject more gratitude into your life all the time find things small things too yeah like my my mother-in-law is amazing at this she's this christian woman like really you know these really all of you have that person you're like they just the lord's everywhere oh yeah Yeah. and it's so cool because my mother-in-law no matter what's happening the the wind blows there's jesus blowing the wind now thank you jesus you know (laughs) and so everything the guy at the grocery store thank you jesus or you know she'll get a sale on coca-cola thank you jesus you know like everything she's Jesus is grateful yeah. for. Bless her heart, right? I love it. And she's so happy because she's got gratitude all the time. There's a secret there that all of us that are caught up in all these things we want, we've got that's what I mean by being blissful and dissatisfied. Give yourself the gift of some bliss. Yeah. Give her some get bliss right now. That bliss is the antidote, that gratitude to all of the stuff you don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. Speaking of time, there was another thing you posted where you said, if it's not going to matter in five years, do not spend more than five minutes being upset by it. Yeah. I feel like that's like 
How do you know, though, that it's not going to matter in five years? Because almost everything in your life hasn't, uh-huh. if we're being honest. Like, okay. like, let's go through something for you. Like when you got divorced, which yes. is one of the most traumatic moments probably of your life, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was, you were never going to be happy again. It was miserable. You'll never meet anybody again. And that's a real one, right? Yeah. Okay. Now it's several years later. Like, is life okay? Life's better than it was when I was married. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or those of you that have been broke and filed bankruptcy reports, like you're never going to have any money again. It's never going to, well, you're probably okay now. Mm-hmm. You're going to turn it around. So there are very few things in life that are yeah. going to matter in five years, but we magnify things. Worry is the greatest misuse of your imagination. By the way, the reason I'm kind of an expert on this is I suck at this. Yeah. Anytime, by the way, and everything we're talking about here, if you meet someone who sounds like they really got their act together like I do right now, it's because we come from a place of lacking at this stuff so much. <laughs> I had to build these things just right. to be a functional person, right? So I know what it's like to worry about people think about you, all these other things we've covered. I'm pretty good now in the moment of going, this ain't going to matter. But people that are in uh, 12-step programs, my dad's been in AA for 30-something years. And one of the powerful things they have about is, you know, the, the saying they have about control the things that you can and let go of the things you can't. I'm paraphrasing yeah. it. It's really powerful. It's like there's just stuff I can't control. It's not going to matter. I'm not going to spend it. It's nothing I'm not going to worry. It's nothing I'm not going to work on it. But I'm going to spend five minutes worrying and the rest executing. Yeah. Worry also paralyzes you. You don't take action when you're worried. And so th- this is a here's what you have to understand. You your hap- your life is your emotions. Your life is your emotions. So what you the you are the five emotions you experience most of the time. So if you have a life where the quality of your life is the quality of your emotions. So if you have a life where the five emotions you experience most of the time are stress, worry, fear, anxiety, intensity, um frustration if mm. that's you have one life those are your five primary emotions yeah. the other hand if your pri- primary emotions are joy ecstasy passion gratitude love um belief hope faith if you have those emotions you have a totally different life yeah so it's important just to go oh my life the quality of my life is the quality of my emotions and then it's it go about choosing the emotions that would make you the most happy and be conscious of yourself when those aren't the emotions you're experiencing. Just the awareness of the emotion helps it lose its power over you. So when I start worrying, that's my biggie. Uh-huh. I'm like, here I go again, right? I don't want to live a life of emotional worry. And so I feed myself the things that will give me back to gratitude, that will give me back to love. Just aware, be aware of that. Your life is your emotions. You choose what those are. And so happy people have the good ones. Unhappy people have the bad ones. Mm-hmm. I feel like, too, with, the, I mean, I am very blessed and fortunate to have so many amazing friends and people in my life. But there are those people where I do tell myself this sometimes. I'm like, am I going to be friends with them in five years? Why am I focusing so much energy on making things right right now when I know five years from now, like whether I'm, I'm not going to say like this job, but just certain things. And I'm like, you're not going to be in my life in five years. So why... Am I worrying so much about what you think about me now? Yeah, you're you're almost like an old soul because yeah. that's very wise. And the other thing that I think you'll find out, everyone, the more successful you become, probably fewer friends you have. Yeah. That, that group shrinks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, real friends. And even the older you get, I bet even Erica would tell you, the older you get, the group of friends that you have become more precious to you, your yeah. family and friends, but it's probably a smaller group of people. Yeah. I mean, my mom, like she can probably count on mm-hmm. one hand, like her closest friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And because scarcity is value. So you value them even more. But older I get, just our life conditions change, our way of thinking changes. And so... I love, love, love people, but I don't think through all, I don't worry all the time about what they're thinking about me because a lot of them aren't going to be in your life in five years. Yeah. It's just a fact. No, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. So I had 
a million questions come in. <laughs> so I do want to get to some of them because people took their time to send them in. Okay. Um, okay. Lisa Lopez Vision wants to know, why are people so unhappy and how can I just be happier? Okay. So, oh, by the way, and I'm not an expert on everything, and so I don't want to make come across like that. But typically, unhappiness means this, that the current conditions of your life don't match your blueprint mm-hmm. or the way you see it. So you have this picture of what your light you want your life to be, and the conditions of it don't match it. That makes you unhappy. Yeah. It's like an incongruency, right? So that's why most people aren't happy, is that their life doesn't resemble what they think it should be like. And so here's the facts. The facts are that the external conditions of your life, if you're going to make those be the things that dictate whether you're happy or not, you are probably going to be someone who's wired for pain most of their life. So Mm -hmm. most people are wired for a highway to pain and worry and a dirt road to pleasure and happiness. It's very difficult for them to feel happiness and pleasure. And so it's a matter of getting clear on the things that truly, truly make you happy. And for me, for most people, this will be true. Most people are most happy, most fulfilled rather, when they're contributing to other people. And you may think that that's hokey, but even like what we're doing right now, the reason you enjoy this is because you know it's making a difference for people, right? And so I've been, the thing that sustained me in my life, my peace, my happiness, is when I'm serving other people. And that could be as small as saying, you look beautiful today. Mm -hmm. You know, you're so... The little things. I'm I'm happy when I'm giving to other people, and I'm unhappy when I'm inside my own mind, my own self, my own needs all the time. doesn't mean neglect yourself. Right. You should care for yourself. And and maybe there's little things you should do to care for yourself more. You know, do you do things that just give you bliss? If you know taking a nice bath gives you bliss, or getting a massage, or taking a nice walk, or being with your dog, or whatever it is, do you give yourself the gift all the time of those things that you know automatically yeah. make you happy. Like, I'm corny. My little Pomeranian Lily, like, if I can get Lily close to me, like, we're just, it makes me happy. I should mm-hmm. give myself the gift of my time with her more often, right? So it seems small, but it's not. And it's usually in, you'll be happy when you're living your purpose and you're doing something you're passionate about or you're giving to other people, you're contributing. What won't make you happy is what most people think is material things, even though I want you to have them. Like my jet makes me, my jet makes me happy, but not fulfilled. Yeah. Okay. My it beach made me happy. It makes you happy, <laughs> but happiness is temporary. For Here's sure. the truth. Everything all of you have ever bought, best pair of shoes you ever bought made you happy. But then over time, it doesn't have the impact on you that it did. It fades, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, so what we don't we want happiness, but we really want is fulfillment. And fulfillment to, f- to sustain fulfillment is always going to be about contributing to other people. So ask yourself, what am I doing to give? What am I doing to contribute? How am I using the gifts God gave me? And this is just important. All human beings were born with certain giftedness. And by the way, most people I say, what's your gift? They go, I don't know. But if I really made you think, God gave you two or three gifts that are special to you. Mm-hmm. They could be your beauty, your intellect, your voice, your kindness, your generosity, your humility, your nurturing ability, your ability to think through problems, your intuition, your intention, right? Your humor, right? Your math skills, your musical skills, your um, your real love for other people, your faith. You have giftedness. And when you can identify, what are the two or three things that I kind of, these are my gifts, and you begin to use those gifts to, in service of other people in your life, you're fulfilled. Yeah. Those are the combination. Understand your gifts and use them in the service of other people. I always say the reason I do this job is with reality TV is because, you know, I'm myself. I'm not playing a character. And I'm putting my entire life out there, the good and 
all of the bad. Like, I mean, I got engaged, married, dealt with my husband's addiction, divorced, went through a new relationship, single, like struggle with anxiety, like all these things I've gone through on the show. But I'm like, if I could just help one person and that one person can relate to me, like I'm literally doing my job. And over seven seasons, I mean, it's been thousands and thousands of people who have reached out who are just like, oh, because you did this. Even freezing my eggs recently, so many women reached out. Like, I didn't even know this was an option. Like, thank you for sharing this. Like, mm. you know, most people would be so private about something like this. Mm. And I just always say, like, if if I can just help one person, I'm doing my job. And you do. One thing I noticed about you when we met, I'm going to use a word that I think will help everybody too, vulnerability. So yeah. I consider you to be a very vulnerable. By the way, people think, oh, vulnerability is weakness. Vulnerability is the greatest strength. So vulnerability is a magnetizer to all of the other emotions you want. If you're willing to be vulnerable, that's one of the things you're great at doing. It's like, hey, this is a weakness of mine. This is what I'm worried about. You do put your real life out there. Mm -hmm. When I met you, there was no pretense about who you were. You know, I kind of got a feeling of the things that you were happy about, stuff that you were worried about, and stuff you were working on, and yeah. struggles you had had. Most people think they need to inoculate themselves. If you're willing to be vulnerable, the only way you're going to get real love is to be vulnerable, yeah. to take the risk. The only way you're going to get real passion is to be vulnerable. The only way you're going to get real joy is to be vulnerable. Be willing to be a little bit more vulnerable. And by the way, you're going to get hurt for your vulnerability. But it makes you stronger. Big time. And strong people are vulnerable. Yeah. Weak people show no vulnerability. For those of you that are in a relationship with someone who's not vulnerable with you, they won't They won't show you how they really feel. They won't communicate with you. That's a weakness. <laughs> That's not a strength. Uh, strong men are vulnerable. Uh -huh. Strong women are vulnerable. And I, one of the things I look for in my friends is vulnerability because that's real. Yeah. They're real. Hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Hey, this bugs me. I'm not very good at this. Man, I'm worried. I'm scared of this, right? And oh, by the way, on the other side of vulnerability, every emotion's better. So if, uh -huh. you, if you hold back vulnerability, you cheat yourself ultimately out of the best things in your life. Yeah. That's one of the things that's, that is one of your big strengths, I think, about you. Because it'd be real easy for you, right, to just, like, put it on. Yes. You're, you're pretty. You, you're, you, you're you. successful. You're well-known. You know, you have a lot of the things in the world. You could kind of play it if you wanted to. Yeah. And, and you, I've done that before. Yeah, I've been guilty too. of acting like everything's sunshine and rainbows when yeah. inside I'm like dying. Yes. And, yeah. And, and I love that you're that way. By the way, people ask me, how do you grow social media vulnerability? Yeah. Social media isn't about making content. You know what social media is about? Like documenting your life. This is where I really am. Yeah, right? I've been thinking about that so much recently because I'm like, why is everyone else getting so many more likes than me? Why is this? And I'm just like, because every photo I post, I'm posing. I'm like, it's it's annoying. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, why do you always use a filter? Like, you're pretty. You don't need the filter. But it's like, I keep doing the same shit that people hate. And I, yesterday, I told myself, I'm like, I need to just start posting more of like, just like raw Sheena and not like perfectly posed, smiling. Like, the, it, like I just, it's one thing that I'm going to work on because I know that that's why so many more people on social media get more love than I do because I try and always put that perfect Sheena yep. out there. And more importantly, you'll help more. Yeah. So the way you influence people is you meet them where they are and then you bring them to where you are currently. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking perfect all the time, you're you're not meeting someone where they are. Yeah. Because there's just use women, for example, they're like, well, I have a zit today. I'm bloated today. I don't have that filter. I don't have someone doing my makeup for the show. So the more often they see the real you, yep. in addition to the made up you, mm -hmm. right? Because I met you where we are. This is who I really am. And guess what? Sometimes I look like this, yeah. right? And so that vulnerability is what makes social media grow. I think my social media, one of the reasons, hopefully is that my content's good. But the other part of it is like, I think this dude's pretty real. 
Like, yeah. like I suck at a lot of stuff. Like people ask me, well, why don't you run for political office? Because I've done whole so many terrible things. <laughs> there's just no way. Like I just there's way skeletons, man. I have graveyards in my closet, yeah. right? So there's no way that that I would be moving forward on social media if I wasn't like, hey, man, I, I have all these weaknesses. Right. I'm weak, but here's the things I'm strong at. Yeah, I I. Yeah. have been telling myself this since yesterday. I was just like, okay, my next post is going to not be so posy, not be so, like, look at me. Like, I need to be better about that because I know if I was doing stories with no filter and no makeup, more people are going to watch it than the filtered, like, selling a product, like, perfect I, I think they're rooting for you. I think there's yeah. a different you. It's funny, essentially, because of your podcast, which I've listened to a lot now. Thank you. I, I think it's out. I think you're great at this. Like Thanks. the podcast is the real you. It's yeah. like the vulnerable and you. And that's what I always tell people. Yeah. Like if you don't like me on the show, listen to my podcast. And if you still don't like me, that's okay. Right, because that's actually but, like, me. This is unedited, raw, real me. Yeah. I say shit that I yeah. shouldn't say. My mom hears way too much about my sex life, and it's just like <laughs> that would be. But weird. I'm like, this is me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Yeah, that would be weird having mom know about your sex life. Yeah. Like, see that yeah we're, we're pretty close though so she <laughs> she definitely hears more than i want and then her and my dad make the jokes and i'm just like oh god oh, like Lord. okay it's one thing for the kid to do that but like the yeah, parents yeah. i don't want to think about that <laughs> your mom's awesome though yeah she is yeah. okay uh, a couple more okay. questions um a lot of people ask just for tips for young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. well one is try so one is get out there and start stuff and mess up and have failures, have setbacks and learn. Here's what you need. You need more experience. Yeah. You need more stuff where you're like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to change this. I'm going to tweak that. There's nothing you're going to read in a book, including mine, or learn in a classroom that's going to prepare you for the real world. Being an entrepreneur is real stuff. It's mm-hmm. messy. I'll warn you about being an entrepreneur. You're going to have false start after false start after false start, meaning you're going to get your business going, then it's going to go backwards. You're going to get it going, then it's going to crash. So you better be prepared for that. You better be prepared for tons of setbacks, tons of anxiety, unbelievable turmoil. And if you'll accept that in the beginning, you're going to win. The other thing quickly is find a business that solves people's problems, that uses your gifts and serves them that way. Mm. Think about things that solve people's problems. So, like. All great businesses solve a problem or bring a solution to people's lives that weren't there prior. Yeah. Okay. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to be in a business where other people are already in that space, you better have something that distinguishes you from them. And the last thing is this. Almost all businesses now benefit from someone having a social media following. Having uh, because people now yeah. do business, people do business with people they're familiar with that they know, not that they trust, that they know. Mm-hmm. And so, old days, do I trust IBM? Do I trust them? No. Who do you know? You know Apple, right? You, if J Lo puts out about any product right now, whether it's good or not, and she's a friend, I'm stuff is all good, right? Yeah. But if it weren't, people are going to buy it because they know her, of course, right? And so, to the extent you need to be a mini version of that, the bigger your following gets the bigger you're going to be able to do in your business almost in every single business you're in. Well, there you have it. Um, This is, I think, by far my favorite podcast I've ever done. Like, seriously, I mean, just everything you've said is just so positive and motivating. And everyone needs to listen to Ed's podcast. Tell everyone where they can. I know you said Amazon Books, but Mm -hmm. your website again? Uh, EdMylet.com. And then just go to Instagram. It's E-D-M-Y-L-E-T-T. And then I've got a podcast on iTunes under my name and a YouTube channel, too. And all my stuff's free. Yeah. And I love that too. Like it's because I mean, not everyone can afford a book or a seminar or things like that. Right. And like you do so many things. Thank you. Free. I love today. That's Thanks awesome. So much. This was a great day. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening guys. And um, we'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to shenanigans. 
Download new episodes every Tuesday and subscribe on the Podcast One app at podcastone.com or at Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Looking fine and I got my girls with me. Uh, with the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Yeah. Do you want it? Need help keeping up with the Kardashians? I would not be surprised if Kylie Jenner hires a private investigator to follow Travis Scott around and make sure he's not cheating. Join blogger and king of snark Perez Hilton to keep track of their latest family drama, as well as everything else happening in the celebrity world. She also said, I am not clickbait. And that's what I disagree (laughs) with. Because she is clickbait. Download new episodes of the Perez Hilton podcast every Monday on Podcast One.